I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kulisevsky in. What a ball! Richarlison hits home! That is his threat! Poor kick by Turner. Kulisevsky. Can he make them pay? Yes, he can! I think it's an exciting opportunity for us to now um, sort of set off on a new direction. Play football and a great environment that uh, embodies the values and traditions of this fantastic football club. Benton Through for Pedro Toro. And he smashed it in. Oh, that's a bright stop from Vicario. And Kulosevsky rolls it in. Ben Davis. Son goes on and scores. Richarlison. And it's ended up in the back of the net. Here is Lacelso freshly introduced and scoring. Now skip. Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs, your award-winning Tottenham Hotspur podcast. If you're listening to us for the first time, where have you been? We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're across all major audio platforms. We're of course on X, we're on Instagram, we are on Facebook too. And we are back to dissect, break down, analyse that 2-0 victory against Nottingham Forest at the City Ground. Which, despite Spurs losing a man, go on to claim a really important victory in the race for the top four. I'm delighted to be joined on this last one on Spurs by three fabulous returning regular guests in our instructor, conductor, the runner, Mr. Lee McQueen, is back on last one on Spurs, as is the superb Matty Hayes and the ever eloquent, the ever brilliant TJ Romini returns to the panel. Before we get into discussing all things Tottenham Hotspur, a reminder we've got a brand new sponsor by the name of Beer Passport. Let me just quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Everyone likes a beer, and if you don't, there's a good chance you're going to know someone who does. Beer Passport features 70 unique tap rooms around London where you can get an exclusive offer at each one you visit, like buy one, get one free. 50% off a flight of beer or even a free pint. You'll be drinking the freshest beers directly from the source, and you'll get a stamp at each tap room you visit, just like your own passport. 
If you're partial to a pre-match pint, beer passport has several local brewery tap rooms near the ground, including Beavertown, Aura, and Redemption Breweries. There are also five tap rooms on the Black Horse Beer Mile, which is one tube stop away, which can make for a great pre-match tap room crawl. Beer Passport is perfect for those looking to find somewhere to drink before the match, and for those of you that like to get out and about for drink on non-match day. So please head to beerpassport.co.uk and use the code LWSBeer for 20% off a passport. That code LWSBeer for 20% off a passport. Lee, I want to come round to you to open this last one on Spurs. It is back-to-back -back wins for Ange Postacoglu's Tottenham Hotspur. A good three points, but let's be honest about it. It has come at a massive, massive cost. Decky once again, outstanding. I have to go as far to say maybe Ben Davis' best ever game for Tottenham. That is how good he was at the city ground. But we have to take into account when I say the game comes at a cost. Basuma and Adogi unnecessarily suspended once again. But on a positive, Tottenham have now gained three more points than they did in this first half of last season. We've still one game remaining before we reach that stage to the season. So Lee, sum up for me the importance of that victory at the City Ground and the main takeaways for you. It's, it was a weird game. Shots on target, 6-1 to one in our favour. Absolutely ruined them all over the place. Possession, the lot. And yet it didn't feel like that, did it? It, it, it didn't feel like that. It did feel a bit that we were sloppy in certain aspects. and giving the ball away. And I mean, put into context, everybody, they had one shot on target. And that one shot on target was, was what Vicario, I mean, I don't know how he saved it, but he saved it with his feet. This goalkeeper, by the way, is absolutely outstanding with the goalkeeper who the cheap option. You know, that cheap option goalkeeper he purchased. <laughs> yeah, he's been brilliant. And so it didn't, it just didn't feel like that. I think it's one of them where if you watch it back, now you know the result, you can start watching it in a different way. Do you know what I mean? Because there was a lot of nerves. And I had my heart rate going on, at the game just, just for fun. And I was like, my heart rate. Like, I'm, having, I'm at like 110, 115 beats per minute just sitting on the sofa. I'm thinking, why am I so nervous at this thing? But that's what it does to you. So it didn't feel like that. But, I, you know, and I know we'll talk about Basuma and rightly so because he's, a, he's an idiot, quite frankly. But, but I have to, you know, pick up what you said about Ben Davis. I put a tweet out on X. Can you do a tweet on X? I don't know. Right? But I put one out on there anyway last week after Ben Davis's uh, what I thought was an outstanding performance against Newcastle. And uh, got a couple of the usuals like, oh, you're, you're, somebody called me the porn sandwich brigade. And I don't even have a clue what, where I sit clearly in the stadium. Um, but, and there was a couple of comments on it, but in the main, it was, a, it was a, you know, a lot of loving for Ben Davis and Wiley so, and there should be enough for this week as well. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. And De Dejan Kulisevsky, I mean, oh my date. I mean, this guy is back to 20, uh, 2021, 22 levels, isn't he? Um, so, Look, lots to unpick on there for sure. I mean, I think the general feeling for me in a summary is that it didn't feel like what the stats have said. It didn't feel as comfortable as what the stats are suggesting. Yet they had one shot on target. We've kept a clean sheet with 10 men for 23, 25 minutes or whatever it was. And um, it's a fantastic result for us. Let's be honest, lads, viewers and listeners, that is a fantastic result. And uh, that's uh, two wins on a bounce, first time since October. And we go again. Uh, bring on Everton. Maka, hard to disagree with many, many important facts there laid out for us there on this last one on Spurs. Matty, bringing you back in on this edition of the show. Look, it's a big, big victory for Tottenham as they run out 2-0 winners at the City ground. 
Let's be honest about it. As I said in the intro there, it's far from our best performance and we were most certainly not at our best, but it is a crucial three points for the football club. Dian Kulisewski, simply phenomenal. Richie and Davis, I think they're getting better game by game. But Postacoglu is facing yet again another selection headache. As we know, it's a third suspension of the season now for Ipa Suma, which pretty much rules him out until February at the earliest. And it's worth adding, of course, Adogi suspended for Everton to come as well. Important to note with Johnson that he will have to follow concussion protocol, which does also mean he will be a doubt for the upcoming game against Everton. As we said, and as I said to Lee there, ultimately, Matty, the game does come at a cost. But how important was it to get three vital points up at the city ground where, as we know, Forrest weren't going to make it easy. And you could say, Matt, I think we were all concerned from the Basuma sending off. It could be a really nervy last 20 minutes to go. So how did you foresee, Matt, the performance up at the city ground, the importance of that result in the context of what Andy's building at Tottenham Hotspur? Absolutely crucial. We're reaching a different part of the season now where things are starting to settle down. And I think uh, an important bit of that is, is showing that we are able to, to pick up points in a different way. You know, like, like Lee was saying, it's it's a game that on paper and with the stats, we were better than Forrest. And you know, like I said, they might even suggest we dominated on the pitch. I certainly don't think that was the case, but we showed a, a different side of our game. We showed a bit more game management and a bit more practicality I suppose and that we went down to 10 men we were 2-0 up and, and Ange he, he went defensive he brought on Emerson went five at the back we played a 5-3-1 to, to see out the game and that's something that people have I would say wrongly criticised Ange Postacoglu for not being able to do it's, it's as though he doesn't have a plan B he, he very clearly does um, but we showed we showed something different to be able to to grind out that result in the end and when you're under that that constant pressure from a team like Forrest who aren't the best in front of goal but they're they're a big physical team it can be easy to crumble under that and the the the, the save from Vicario as well that you mentioned I think if if that goes in obviously we're having a very very different conversation we could be sitting here talking about a two two because who knows how we would have dealt with that pressure and uh, you know once once Forrest get up for it a little bit but I think. What the, the, the difference between the two teams was we were just more effective when we had possession. And I think the start of the second half is is the perfect example of that because for the first 15, 20 minutes of the second half, it was all Forest. They had a lot of possession in, in, in our half and our defensive third. We couldn't get out. I thought their midfield was just overpowering ours quite a bit and Skip not being as good on the ball as, as a Madison or a Kulazewski definitely contributed to that. And that's not necessarily his fault. It's not one of his strengths. And he was playing a position that doesn't that doesn't suit him as much as it suits others. But when Forrest had a lot of that possession, they had a lot of the momentum in the game. They didn't do anything with it. And then we went up the other end and the keeper made a couple of good saves. We had a, good, a, a few chances and then Kulisevsky scores. And it's just when we had that the ball in that area, the pitch, we were just more more effective with it. And and that's the difference. And look, it's you'd expect it when you're playing against a team who are, who are much further down in the table than you. Um, but it, it's always good to, to see it come to fruition. And like you said, to pick up three points, that, that's absolutely crucial because at the end of the season if we get in the top four from one or two points, I don't think we're going to look back at the 4-1 against Newcastle where we dominated them. We're not going to look back at the 2-0 against Man United where we're comfortable. We're going to look back on the games that could have gone a very, very different direction. And I think this is one of those games. You bang on the money. There's no there's no easy game in the Premier League, let, let, let alone if it's home and away. And I think we've, we've seen that, haven't we? Well, I mean, what pleased me, and I'll say straight away, was Matt's appraisal of, of the game. Really succinctly put... Um, and uh, a lot of great insightful comments as well coming in from the from the viewers and the listeners. Um, a couple of them as well mentioning that I look relaxed, like I said, in the green room. I thought, you know, I was hoping 
not for an easy victory today, because of course I echo the sentiments of, of the chaps that there is no such thing as an easy game in, in the Premier League. And as we prove when we play in, in cups, there just seems to be no easy games ever. Even if you play at someone who's, you know, playing in the in the lower the lower tiers, the lower leagues. Um but I thought, well, hopefully this will be um, perhaps not so incident-filled. But of course, being Tottenham, it's always incident-filled. So I was delighted with, with the three points away from home against a side um, who were always going to get stuck in. And to, to your point, uh, Matt, they were very physical, right? And we, we're we not one of those teams who doesn't like it up. We don't mind that, actually. We kind of don't mind the fights. That's something I think that changed in Tottenham's DNA ever since the Battle of the Bridge. Since that game... Um, that kind of soft underbelly to Tottenham, I think, has been eradicated uh, forever. I think we're actually quite a physical side. However, we're not very good at finding the pockets of space when we are being um, not bullied necessarily, but when we're facing an aggressive low block, not a passive low block, but a, a, but a low block where people have obviously been told, don't let anybody turn. I mean, poor old Sonny got lumps kicked out of him today. You know, he's going to be leaving the pitch looking like a piece of Swiss cheese. I mean, you know, poor lad. Um, but we're also a team that can get enticed into a physical altercation, which will uh, result in red cards. Uh, and of course, we fell victim for that again today. Delighted with the three points away, a well-fought, well-earned victory. And to Matt's point, one of the victories that we'll look back at the end of the season and thought, thank goodness we did the business tonight. At the final whistle, Vicario looked to call over all the Spurs defenders into a huddle to celebrate the clean sheet together. Now, no goalkeeper has more clean sheets in the Premier League this season than Vicario. And no goalkeeper, goalkeeper's made more keeper-sweeper regains in the Premier League this season being 20. Just how much, again, do we see there Vicario really making an impact, Lee, on this game? And again, showing this game why he has been arguably one of the best signings of this season. Cheap option, mate. He, he's been absolutely magnificent. And, and like I will say, for a bit of balance, not just for show, just for a bit of balance, there was a couple of dodgy moments today, I thought, a little bit. You know, I'm thinking, why aren't you catching some of them? I think there were two or three, he's punching them. That's obviously what he does. And I remember, I think it was against Brentford or maybe one of his YouTube show reels. You'll know this better, Rick or Matty, because you love the transfers. So before we signed him, there was a there was a clip, I think, going doing the rounds where he punched the ball out in the middle of the... He made this outrageous save, like three saves on the trot. But it was almost like he punched the second one out and then he had to make a third one because of his mistake of the second one. I don't even remember that. Anyway, that, that's obviously his style. what he does. I think he's mad as a box of frogs, which you have to be as a goalkeeper. I mean that with uh, with with heart and love when I say that to him, because I absolutely love the bloke. And um, the save that he made was 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 just was unbelievable. He's falling backwards. He's he's there. He's big. He keeps himself big. He doesn't give up on something. Um, even the one that don't won't get talked about it was offside. I mean, he made ma a magnificent save when it when when the fellow was offside. And obviously, it doesn't count because it was offside, but he didn't know it was offside. He still had to make the save. Um, so I think Vicario has been brilliant in his performances. I think it's very interesting. I think it was in, I can't remember which one it was. It was either Ange's post-match press conference from Newcastle or his pre-match for this match. So many matches, right? But he um, he actually talked about Vicario being a bit of a leader. So I thought that's quite interesting that, that he then pulled everyone together tonight, the defence hugging them and bringing them in and celebrating that that clean sheet because again statistics wise we haven't kept a clean sheet since Luton 
So now a long time ago, since that absolute yeah, night age as well, Maka. He's, he's 27, I believe, isn't he? Vic? Exactly. Yeah, he, exactly. He exactly. Such a young team. I think that that's part of his his quality is that he's he's 27. You know, he's, he is a grown up. Exactly that, mate. Yeah, and 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 I think you know he's got them leadership. He's like you say, 27 foot goalkeeper as well. You know, he's got years ahead of him, uh, and he's just commanding everything that he does. I think he's been brilliant. Matt, I also want to bring into play and ask you just how important our waveform has been this season. Because when you see the charts out there, Tottenham lead the way for the most amount of points accumulated away from home. Spurs, of course, playing the nine games and have accumulated 18 points, which currently leads the Premier League charts for away points so far this season. It really underlines the fact, Matt, that Spurs have got a real, real good, strong backbone going away from home, picking up results. And Forest again, represents a tough place to go, especially when you consider it's a Friday night under the lights of the city ground. They're in desperate need of the points. Just how impressed, Matt, have you been with Spurs' waveform and this new character and resilience that Postacoglu has really brought to Tottenham? Because we have to say Spurs on the road last season, whether it be under Stellini and Conte, there felt a real flakiness to Tottenham. But under Range, there feels a much more solid approach away from home. And that's despite the fact of playing a much more attacking, outwardly, you'd say, exposing brand of football. So... Matt, thoughts on Spurs' form on the road? Yeah, absolutely. And it's worth mentioning that we've we've been away to two or three best teams in the league in Arsenal and Manchester City and and we haven't been beaten by any of them. I mean, the only, if I'm right, the only away game we've lost this season was against Wolves. And that's a game that we were winning until the 91st minute. So all, almost, Trying. almost, isn't it? Almost unbeaten on the road. And Wolves have been fantastic at home. They, you know, they brought Liverpool right to the end. And did they get, did they get a point against Manchester City, I think, as well? They've, they've been good at home. Um, but it's, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, I'd like if the home form was up there. You know, it's never nice to to lose three home games in a row. Also, the first ever time I was at a home game that we lost against Villa, which wasn't fun. Um, but but that away form is going to be really important. And you know, you, you always talk about a team needing to to make their home a fortress if they want to achieve anything, whether it's avoiding relegation or or kind of putting yourselves back in that in that top four race. But to to have that sort of form on the road is is, is huge because. It, it it can be it can be daunting and intimidating sometimes going to not only the big teams but to you know like back five six years ago when you went to Turf Moor you never wanted to go there they were always so difficult to beat but I think this team is so fearless and so kind of invested in what we're doing and kind of behind the manager and what he wants to achieve and what he knows we can achieve I think that fear is gone and I think that's a massive factor in in being able to go to whatever team we face and being able to to take the game to them away from home um one thing that that's not really been spoken about that I haven't seen spoken about in, in these away games. I remember the first time people really started getting on top of it was against Arsenal. Do you remember Madison gave the ball away at the edge of the box and, and Gabriel Jesus went and he, he skied it. And everyone was saying, you can't do that against the big teams. If you do that against a, an Arsenal or City or Liverpool, too many times they're going to punish you. But for me, what's worse than that is when you're away to Forest and you do it, because we did it around the half an hour mark tonight. And in those games, the fans, they're up for it. From that moment when they get that ball in the high press, you have a half chance, maybe force the goalkeeper into the save. And for me, there's a moment after half an hour, that's where the momentum started to swing, where Forrest were able to get back into the game. So I think once we get a bit more confident and assured in playing out from the back and and those errors start to to kind of fade away a little bit, I think our away form is going to get even better. What we just need to eliminate is if you do lose the ball back there, don't go flying in with a knee-high challenge and taking someone out and getting yourself sent off. That, that's the last thing we need in that situation. If you're going to make that mistake, accept it, deal with what happens next. Don't be overzealous in trying to recover it. Um, but that's a conversation for later. Um, but yeah, look, that, that away form is fantastic. And again, 
we, we need to talk about the small differences that can be made throughout the season because we're looking at how tight it is at the top of the table. Where I know everyone has a game in hand. We're only four points off the top of the table at the moment. One or two points can be the difference. It just shows how incredible the start of the season was, which I know Isn't we knew it? at the time, but it's crazy. It's crazy. The frustrating thing for me and for, for most Tottenham fans, I, I'm sure, is is losing those winnable games or you know drawing those winnable games. Um, to Matty's point, you know, we were winning against Wolves with 91 minutes on the clock. And then you go, not only do you not draw, you know, you lose. And so I just don't think anyone has been particularly outstanding this season. Other than us in the first, you know, 10 or 12 games, we're really the only outstanding team in the country. Um, And so, of course, we had this dreadful run of form, which Lee was just talking about, you know, where we picked up four points from from six games. And like I said, that's, you know, the staggering four points from six games. You know, I mean, it's, you know, six games. So there's 18 points and, you you know, you pick up four. I mean, it's just remarkable. And yet we're still right in this thing because nobody has caught fire yet this season. And again, that's why wins today are so, so vital if we want to stay in and around top four. I mean, listen, guys, people are going to give me some some grief about this, I'm sure. But in all honesty, we're still in the title race. We just are. With the players that we have missing, we're still in the Ooh, you can't say that, TJ. What are you all about? It's it's coming. It's it's coming. Um, But, you know, how, how how can we not be? If, you know, so Haaland's out for City and City are nowhere near as good as they were last season. Yes, Arsenal look very good. But, you know, with Gabriel Jesus as your number nine, no, like I'm not convinced. Liverpool look strong again. You know, Salah just this unbelievably talismanic player for them. Is he going to continue with that? Uh, you know, what happens if he gets injured? What happens if, like, Odegaard gets injured? What happens if Saka gets injured? We've got eight or nine injuries, you know, including key injuries to our, arguably, our best players. Some of the best players we've had in, in a generation. And so when they come back and we make a push, you know, around, um, you know, March, April, heading into May, why not? Um, and so I'm really frustrated with with losing silly games, but also feeling quietly confident that we're back in the fight and um, we really still look like we can hurt teams. Like that performance against Newcastle, yes, again, they've been affected by injuries, but that's a tough, tough team uh, to beat. Just to add to that point, consider for a second, if the injuries that we had, if Arsenal had them, imagine if instead of Van de Ven, it was Saliba, instead of Madison, it was Odegaard. They're nowhere near it. And on the back of that performance said, look, I'm really, really pleased with both ones and the result. It's a tough place to come. They challenge you in different ways and we handled that with what they threw at us and we played some decent football. Worth mentioning, obviously, Brennan Johnson did go down with an injury in that first half and just said he should be okay. He just got a nasty cut to his head. Nothing should keep him out. No concussion, just a cut on his head. Obviously, naturally, on these shows, when we hear from the manager, we'll bring you more as we get it. And we've heard from Dian Kulisewski post-match, who has announced that he and his partner are expecting their first child in April. He said, look, on just how good things are for him at the moment, it cannot be better Everything is fantastic, not only today, but the last few weeks. First half, we had a lot of the ball. We just had to stay patient. Second half, they were strong. It's not easy to play at this ground with the fans' energy. We had the red card, and then we had to show some true character. 
He was asked what it's like playing under Ange. He said, it's amazing. Training is so fun. I really like Ange as a guy. If I would choose my football, this is the football I would choose. Attack combines a lot and very fun in training sessions. We don't play to lose, but we play to win. We're very positive and we want to get better and better every day. We still lack something mentally, but I think football-wise, we're there at the top. It's big words there, Lee. You know, this guy, to be fair, I think everyone could see the potential. But with Decky, I think it's a case of finding that consistently. And I think in recent weeks, we have now seen the fact this guy is going to step up. Really, I think, take the game by the mantle. And I think with certain players that we've seen in previous seasons, the big thing missing has been consistency. With Decky, do you think he can ultimately find that? Yeah, 100%. I think we said it. I don't know if we said it in the show or in the green room, did we? So he's getting back to levels of 20, 20, 21, 22. Um, you know, he's 17 appearances in the, in the Premier League. And I actually think even before we started to hit this bit of form um, where he's converting goals and assists, I actually think he was going under the radar a little bit, to be fair. I mean, he's scored five Premier League goals now. He's got two assists. And with the greatest respect to Richie, which we'll come on to him later because I know he's been injured, if Richie could put the ball in the back of the net, the bloke would have had about seven or eight assists by now, to, to be fair, in the first 10 games of, uh, of of the league. You know, his attacking play is actually superb. He's actually had 14 shots on target, uh, Decky has, um, and only three off target. So out of the shots that he's made, actually only three of them have gone off target. So he's very accurate when he does take a shot. I would probably say that he needs to take more shots. I mean, today... He powered that in, didn't he? That goal was absolutely brilliant. It's, you know, it went through the, the goalkeeper's hands, and people might say, "Oh, well, it's a goalkeeper mistake," but it was just so powerful. Like he just, he just put his laces through it. Is that what we say? Put your laces through it, son. And he did, and it was absolutely brilliant. You know, his shooting accuracy is over eighty percent, and his success is around fifteen percent. You know, he's he's scoring. He's run more than anyone else in the Premier League. Any other Premier League players run more. This reminds me of Christian Eriksen vibes. Now, Christian Eriksen used to run more than any other player and then create as well. He's actually been the most creative player in the Premier League. That's an unbelievable stat. It's yeah, unbelievable. It's so hard to get off the ball as well, Lee. He's, he's a unit. And the kid, is remember, he hot, brother, he? kid he's 23 years old. He's 23, Brilliant. an absolute man-child. Yeah. You know, he's just... Yeah, he's I mean, just I, I only think the only the, you know to to, to finish the, the the summary on your question, Rick. I think yes, the consistency is there. I think he can be there. I think the only thing he needs to do is just take more shots because he's got it in his locker to curl him in the top bins, left side, right side. That little extra touch that he takes in the box. You know them little extra touches that he takes in the box that you think, oh, he's he's taking an extra touch here that he shouldn't have done, and then all of a sudden. It's like he gets himself right to the byline. It's a little... I mean, that, that second goal for me today reminded me of um, a goal he scored in that 20... When he first came in, that first six months he was playing for yeah. us. I think it might have been against Leeds. Uh, he's just magnificent, wasn't he, Rick? Absolutely brilliant today. It was flawless. And I think, again, when you consider the fact that this is a guy that, you know, has had to adjust position, you know, favouring now number 10, he was asked to go out to the right, I think, after the injury to Brennan Johnson. I think, again, you know, you can only judge him for what we've seen in the spate of games under Ranch. And I think ultimately there's a rural confidence about the way he's playing. And you can see that reflective in the way he, you know, ultimately demonstrates his position across the pitch. I think it's really, really exciting what we're seeing from him. What we are going to do, we are going to go for our first break of the show for our listeners and audience. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Obviously, you're pleased with the the three points. What pleased you most about the performance? It's it's a tough game here, you know. Um, You have to earn whatever you get. Uh, You know, they're obviously pretty desperate for points. And, um, you know, the crowd get behind them. Every time they get a throw and you feel like you've conceded a goal, you know, you're under pressure and, you know, they're launching it in the box. And we had to deal with a lot of things we don't normally have to deal with. And just great character. We had the, some adversity, obviously, going down to 10 men. But um, some of our football was good as well. So a bit of everything. A bit of everything. But as you said, at times it was it was quite chaotic. So yeah. how important is it then that, that you keep your heads? Yeah, I thought that was probably the most pleasing part that, you know, for the most part, we, we, we stay pretty calm and composed. I thought the back four... Um, Ben Davies and Romero were, were excellent. Vic was was good when we needed him, and then we always had an outlet. We always looked dangerous, which meant we just didn't camp ourselves in there. So, so yeah, really pleased. How happy with the Richarlison? Obviously, he's got mm. three now in two. Yeah. Did you think Did you think last weekend about keeping Son up front and uh, moving Richarlison to left? What was your sort of deciding factor in that? No, I, I really liked our setup last week with you know particularly with Kulusevski and, and Pape Sarr in there because they just give us a real energy and. We're going to get in behind in wide areas, and, and Richie's a—he's a goalmouth predator, you know. Definitely in the air, he's—he's he's got different attributes to Sunny. I didn't think we'd get in behind today. I thought we'd, we'd struggle to get space in behind. So, and I'm really pleased with Richie. You know, he, he's looking good at training, and that's always an indicator. I mean, people only see game to game, but watching him during the week, I was you know, really confident he'd go out there and do another job for us. I was really impressed with Ben Davis, very close to getting sort of man of the match, Kulosevsky, because of his role in both goals. But I was just thinking of you and on other managers when we see maybe full-backs, especially left-backs, going to centre-back. Is that as much because of the left foot and the build-up and sort of the technical aspect of how you want your team to play? That's part of it, but he's also a good defender, you know, and he's, he's had experience, obviously, playing in a back three, isn't mm. it, sort of, and it's different where you are in a back four, for sure, but... You know, he's, um, I said it during the week, he's one of these guys, he's a real student of the game, so whatever information you give him, he'll take on board and he'll use it, you know, he, he's really intelligent that way and, you know, we've needed a steady hand in there, we've, we've had, been so disrupted in the back four and he's been a godsend for us sitting in there now and, and I think every week he's growing in the role, he's getting more confident in his positional play and, you know, he's strong in the air and, and we needed today some real sort of uh, resilience at the back there and, you know, he's got it in his experience, so it helps us. Jamie mentioned uh, Gary uncharacteristically shy there. Uh, Dayan Kulishevsky. Dayan Kulishevsky, Jamie Jamie mentioned him yeah. and his role in, in both goals, scoring one of them as well. Obviously the injury to Brennan Johnson meant he had to move yeah. around, but he's done that quite a bit under you. What do you have a, a preferred position for him or do you like the fact that he's just, so versatile? Just in the starting lineup is my preferred yeah. position for him. And um, look he has, he's played four or five positions and he's he's got some unique attributes and um, you know, I was explaining to Gary, he actually went through the ranks as a as a sort of a number 10 so we're really confident he can play in there I, I like the different dimension he gives us in there but obviously with Brennan going off um, 
you know, you can also play on the right. You can see how effective he was there. And, you know, he's becoming more of a goal threat. We've been at him all year that he's so good on the ball, gets into dangerous areas, but he can be more of a goal threat. And, you know, he's starting to get that uh, in that now. You've had a sensational start to the season, but there have probably been two issues that would concern you. One is obviously injuries in the players that you've lost. Mm. The second one is sometimes during games there is a discipline <coughs> problem with players tackling. Is that something that you're going to have to have a word with your players about? Did you think it was a clear send-off? I mean, the Basuma one tonight? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I, I haven't seen it, but I'm assuming they, they slowed it down and, and, and saw it. Um, yeah, it's been a little bit of an issue. It's, it's a fine line with those things. The players are aware. They don't want to miss games. and. You know, they know, you know, the trepidation they put in the players. I think today was more of a desperation tackle than, than something nasty. And, you know, we've, we've had to deal with that a few times this year. And you can't go on doing like that because eventually we'll pay a price for it. I mean, we did against Chelsea. Um, so it's something we, we, we talk about constantly. But it's, it's, like I said, it's a fine line between their commitment to what we're trying to do and, and not overstepping the mark. Yeah, it must be frustrating, though, because you now lose him till after the, the Africa Cup of yeah. Nations. Yeah, we we'll lose him. We we'll lose uh, Destiny. You doggy, so um, mm -hmm. oh, I just oh, I got a feeling it's going to be that kind of season for us. You know, we're not going to get a smooth run at anything, but that's all right. That, there's nothing wrong with that at the moment. It's building resilience in the group. You know, we, we we've got plenty of reason to make excuses. We haven't. Uh, we've gone through a rough trot. We've still got some tough games coming up. I think when you get through these periods and, and you're kind of steadfast in what you're trying to do, I think you come out stronger, provided you you, you maintain belief. Just now, I wanted to ask you a question. What you've done in three or four months in terms of instilling that style of play is quite staggering. Did you expect it to settle down so quickly and the players to take on board everything as quickly as they have? I, I, I never sort of put a timeline to it, but, I, you know, when you, when you start pre-season, and, you know, I think a few people have mentioned whoever saw our first pre-season game in West Ham, that was about three weeks into it. You could already see that the players were starting to embrace it. Now, I think because it's such a, a big change from last year, maybe the players were really receptive to it you know they had an open mind and there wasn't I didn't feel like there was any sort of resistance within the room about oh you know they're going to see whether I'm full of you know what but eventually they saw okay this is working and I think that accelerated the growth I'm working with fantastic footballers <laughs> that makes a big difference so I've been pleased with the progress and, and I just think there's so much more to come and appreciate you coming out to talk to us Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 Powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Once again, thank you so much for all 
for incredible support for last one on Spurs. TJ, come around to you. Spurs were unchanged for the fixture as Ange Postecoglou stuck with the same side that, quite frankly, swept Newcastle United away over the course of last week. Uh, Spurs' latest injury concern has been Giovanni Lo Celso, who, as we understand, should be back for next week's home game against Everton but unfortunately ruled him out of this game against Forest. Uh, Richardson, Pat Matasar, of course, came in and did well against Newcastle. And while defence looked well-balanced, although Romero and Adogi, as we knew, going into the game would have been wary of picking up a fifth yellow card, which Adogi did. It did see them start the game. Kulisevsky continued on that deeper role on the left and looking to add some creativity alongside Sarah and Basuma. We had, obviously, the pace of Brennan Johnson, who started, but then ultimately, unfortunately, had to come off. And Hum Min Son right through the middle. One thing to also add is Eric Dyer returned from injury to take his place on the bench. That team read Vicario, Pyro Romero, Davis, Adogi, Saar, Basuma, Charleston, Son, with eventually Forster, Dyer, Dorrington, Emerson, Skip, Hoybier, Hill, Donnelly, Valiz. And worth me also adding our team lineups always broken down by the wonderful Ali Gold. Uh, TJ, unchanged. Happy about that for you? Yes. Um, I think we proved against Newcastle that um, with the extensive injuries that we have at the club. This is the best starting eleven that we can field. Um, I think even if Lacelso was fit, he wouldn't have started over Basuma or um, or Saar or you know Decky or anybody else. Um, and uh, I mean, listen, there were a number of players actually who weren't that great tonight. Um, red card aside, I didn't think Basuma had a great game. To Saar's high standard, I didn't think he had a great game either. Udogi didn't have the same game that he had against Newcastle. Even Porro, and of course, I'm sure we've all read about, you know, um, uh, Real Madrid ruining a missed opportunity with Pedro Porro and, and uh, acknowledging that he's within, you know, top three or four right backs on earth, um, which I would absolutely agree with. Not that they had bad games, but they weren't scintillating performances like they were against Newcastle, which is why, again, having these exemplary performances from um, Decky and uh, Ben Davis, and also I know we've banged on about Decky, but let's just do it a little bit more. 23 years old, Lee listed all the stats like a champ. Um, but just psychologically as well, to be a 23-year-old uh, young man, and to see um, a creative titan like James Madison go down, to then be tasked with go and fill that role. That's a really, really tough, fair play to the guy, just psychologically, mentally as well, like having the um, mental resilience and fortitude to, to come on and fill those sizable shoes. And I love this free roaming role that he's been granted. Again, to your point, Rick, when Johnson went off, he did have to sort of shift over to the right. But I also liked how Richie still gave him the opportunity to play down the middle. You know, Richie would go out onto the right. And this um, cohesion and and... Uh, fraternal instinct, I think, that's starting to really be cultivated in uh, in this side. And again, I said it the last show, I'm going to say it again. My apologies if I'm boring your listeners and uh, watchers by saying this. But remember, this is still our first season under and You know, we're not even really halfway through. And this these levels of camaraderie and, and, and fraternity, brotherhood, have really started to, to gel. Again, a team decimated by injuries. You look at that lineup and if if we hadn't seen them play, we'd be chewing our fingernails and thinking we're going to get put to the sword here. And we don't. We don't get put to the sword. And so um, I'm delighted with how so many of these players have stepped up and are not only playing 
um, you know, for themselves and for the fans and 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 for the manager. But they really feel like they're playing for something bigger than that. They feel like they're playing like this is a team that can really get things done. And dare I say it again, Maka, we're going to get inundated, win things. That's what they Fingers look like. Crossed. You know, fingers crossed. I mean, the way Spurs started the game, I've got to say. To be fair, he got a score at least, Sonny. Like when you oh, say when, third, when you say we we started, we, he's got to put that in the back of the net, and yeah. he sticks that in the back of the net. Different game, different game, different game. He scores that, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. No, listen again. Big early chance for Spurs. You picked up on the fact there, and I think I'm discounting the fact that you know, from that minute onwards, I just felt until Spurs got the goal wasn't really a great first half. I've got to be honest with you, I think we all had our concerns in the way Spurs were playing in that first half. But you're right, Maka, look, if Son does score that really early chance... It was quite, you yeah. know, it was quite like, it felt slow. You know, it didn't feel like we were playing bad, but it just felt like we were kind of, I don't first want to say going through the motions, first, because first there was energy there, but it just didn't, yeah. it wasn't free-flowing. Like, there was some pockets of one-touch stuff. I mean, Sonny was getting the ball and having three people on him. Spurs too easily manipulating to scrap. With le- it does feel like that, you know, like the the lesser teams almost or, or teams want to almost bring us. They don't want us to play our free-flowing football, and rightly so. So they, you know, we struggle against a low block. There's absolutely no doubt about it. You know, the Palace game. Go and have a look at the stats. That Palace game is pretty pretty mental. The Liverpool game. I know Liverpool don't low block, but they obviously did when they went down to whatever it was, nine men on it for, for us. They low blocked the, the you know, Sheffield United. We we had to win it in, in like 98th minute and 100th minute or whatever it was because of their low block. We we do struggle with that. And the lesser teams, I agree with, with, with that. Like They see, almost seem to pull us down to their level. And I don't know whether that's because of the personnel. Like if you think about today, with Brennan Johnson, I obviously wish him all the best. What a gutter for him going back to his old club. And like and playing, and again, to be honest, I thought he was within him, within himself as well for the first. To your point, Rick, for the first half, for the first 10, 15 minutes with Brennan himself, I thought he was within himself. He weren't wanting to take someone. Then he started to get into it a bit, and then he he's, he's clattered heads. It looked nasty, and that's a real gutter. His dad, big up his dad as well, by the way, because he's in the away end. Might fully come on you Spurs now, fully coys. Um, do you know what I mean? Having played what over fifty times, uh, fifty goals, I think it was, or something like that, for Forest, he scored. Um, so yeah, I, I feel for him. But and maybe that was the bit where it started to turn back into Forest's favour. But again, when you look at the stats, they had one shot on target the whole game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they didn't really trouble us, did they? It's quite mad. It's just it doesn't add up really. I just jump in on a point there about the, the low blocks. I think it's it's a really interesting thing. And it, it's something that obviously we're still struggling with. You know, uh, a decky helps, missing a Madison doesn't. But one thing that I've, I've been really impressed with is the the aggression. And I mean that in, in, in a tactical sense rather than a physical sense that, that has allowed us to to have a bit more success against low blocks. And it's when when we're bombarding these teams, we have a lot of possession in and around the box. We're not trying to, we're not trying to force the issue uh, as much as maybe we have in the past. But what's so important is that when the ball is, is cleared or half cleared, our centre-backs are so aggressive in, in squeezing up and pushing forward to win that ball back. And I, I, I spoke about kind of that shift in momentum at, at, in, in the middle of the second half, which eventually led to our goal. And what, what allowed that to happen was any time the ball was cleared or half cleared, Davis and Romero were sprinting as far forward as they needed, making sure they were winning that loose ball. Sar came back a couple of times and made it happen. And it even goes back into that Manchester City game, the, the goal that Lacelso scored. City have cleared it and start moving off the pitch until Davis gets in there ahead of his man, where previously they would have backed off and sat back and tried to try to deal with the counter-attack. But we're seeing, on, being man. so aggressive in that in that position that 
when you're keeping these teams penned back, they don't have the time to get back into their shape. They don't have the time to plug the gaps that that might have been might have been opened by a defender's printing out a position to win the ball or whatever. And on the flip side, I think Richardson on the ball tonight wasn't great. He only completed nine passes. Thought a few a few times he picked the wrong option. But out of possession, he was really important. And it's for that same reason when when Forrest had that momentum, there's one moment in particular where I think it was Ben Davis cleared the ball and it was kind of trickling towards the the touchline and the halfway line. Ryan Yates went back to pick up the ball. Absolutely no danger. All of a sudden, Richarlison is on his heels and he forces him back to the centre-back and Richarlison keeps chasing, forces him out to the left-hand side to the centre-back. And that may seem like nothing. It may seem like a failed press by Richarlison, but what that allows us to do is completely regroup at the back, get back into our shape, get back into our system and Forrest have to start trying to pick that lock again. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. in, in yeah, what yeah, we are, we're, we're doing to... It sets a precedent as well, doesn't it, Matt? Absolutely. You know what I mean? that's, really if that's, that's your centre-forward, you know, tracking back, shutting people down like that, you know, being sent on these seemingly interminable... Uh, thankless tasks. It just sets that precedent that we, you know, we can't have any passengers in this team. When Skippy came on with the Brennan, uh, that that did start to change it a little bit. And I think I, I always had the feeling that there's moments in the game, especially when you're away from home, as as Louis said earlier, like there's no easy uh, away game in the Premier League. When the game's so tight like that, if you don't put your chance well, put them to the sword, there's always an opportunity. It only takes a dodgy free kick or a yellow card. Or for the fans to get behind it. And then as soon as the fans get behind it, all of a sudden like they start pushing up a 10, 10, 15 yards. And that definitely happened, didn't it? In that first half, probably around the half an hour mark, Boris started to get more of the ball. And 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 that's when you start to think, hello, is is Willie Bolly just gonna pop up like back post and smash one in with his head like he did all them years ago at Wembley when he was playing for Wolves. Don't forget that one, people. Kick that one out of the blue book. I remember that. We were we, we should have been winning that game. We ended up losing it. Woolly Bolly, bloody header. You know what I mean? So you look at that stuff and you think, oh, it's going to happen again. But to be fair to the lads, I mean, we did play like 25 minutes with, with 10 men and, and it didn't really affect us, did it? Really? In the end, it didn't really, did it? That first half really dominated by a number of stoppages. Obviously, Brennan Johnson obviously went down, wouldn't be playing any further point. I think at the time there was a fact that it was a concern over a concussion, which led to that substitution with Skippy coming onto the field. He told Kosecki to head over to the right. Um, in that period, we saw Destiny Adogi pick up his 50th card of the season. He'll now miss the Everton match through suspension. I am going to come on to shortly whether we feel there is a dis- discipline issue within the Spurs squad. But look, again, Really disappointing to lose the doggy because I think we all agree that, again, when you look at the drop-off of level with relation to a doggy and then the players that are that could play his role, there's absolutely no doubt about it that it's a real, real big loss for Everton. Who look, Everton, although we're not sure what the result will be this weekend, Everton have been in decent form and it won't be an easy game. You know, Everton at home, Everton have got a really good record away. So don't be kidded thinking that's going to be an easy game for Tottenham. And to not have a doggy there is a real disappointment. But the key is... Right bang on half-time, Spurs do go in front of you, coming over to you. Richie scoring out of time. Kuliszewski crossing in from the right. The Brazilian heads in his third goal in two games. And to be fair, look, I think we all agree we needed that because that was a really tricky first half. How delighted are you, Lee? Richie, back-to-back games, back-to-back goals for him. We'll do his confidence the world of good, right? And I've got to say, for our listeners on audio, Richie. Lee there is providing the pigeon dance. Just did a pigeon there for the audio uh, listeners. Look, I mean... I- I'm really pleased for him. Clearly, the surgery has done something. He's got a spring back in his pigeon steps. See what I did there? Um, and um, it was a absolutely, well, it was a flawless cross, wasn't it? Let's be absolutely brutal about that. I mean, that is bread and butter. That is meat and drink 
you you cut all the cliches you want to throw out there, but any striker getting that, I mean, it was absolute perfection from from Decky. And Richie does what he needs to do. He's he's always been good with his head. We've known that. Um, and he's stuck it in the back of the net. Brilliant, perfect timing, right before half time, as you said, Rick. And um, and to be fair, on balance, we definitely deserved the, the you know to be in in front in that first half. There's no doubt about that. Um, go back and check the stats as I've been talking about all, all night. Um, but um, it was a brilliant header and brilliant for him. I mean, brilliant for Decky and just just it was. I think for me. When you don't know the ins and outs of what's going on in somebody's life, like he's got this injury, we didn't know about it. We didn't know about Son's injury last year. Do you know what I mean? It's very hard. You can only comment and make references to what we see and what we're privy to. That, that's fair, isn't it? As you know, as doing what we're doing and analysing shows and that sort of stuff, um, analysing the matches. And yeah, he's uh, sorry, um, Richardson's been off it, there's no doubt. But now we know he's had surgery, now we know it was, it, it was a pelvic problem or a pubic problem, pubic bone problem. And now he's had the surgery, he does look different, he feels different. And actually, even if he isn't any different in his mind, he is, and that's massively important, right? So if he feels better about himself, great. And now he's scoring back to back goals, as you said, um, Rick. So he's what scored three in the last two. Um, actually, if you look at his stats this season, as TJ referenced earlier about Gabriel Jesus as well, he's you know, he's he's not having a bad season with Charles. No, is it 60 no. million quid worth? I'm not sure, but you got the stats there, Rick. He's doing all right, isn't he? Four goals so far this season, all competitions. He overtakes his tally from 22 23. I think the key thing is bringing you in here, Matt. He's finding that form that we all want to see, we all need to see. And look, I think, again, another great stat for him. He's now scored 14 headers since his Premier League debut. Only four players have scored more in that time. And look, we asked the fact now for Richie, can he go on a run? Matt, if he plays, now this is the time to be full of confidence. And who next to show his class against then the club that obviously he played for in Everton? So is he coming into full, Matt, at the perfect time for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and look, I think I do want to caveat this by saying... You know, it's 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 two games. You know, he's he's had good games for us before. We've had, you know, we all remember those famous four games for Matt Doherty, and I know he got injured in in, in the fifth, which is what kind of changed the the direction of his form there. But if if Richardson can hit hit something now, it it'll be absolutely huge for us because you know he started the season in in that in that front role and it just wasn't quite working out. We shifted him out to the left, and Son went in the middle, and and he started really well in that, and then kind of slowly faded away, and we we were struggling to find that dynamic in that front three. It, didn't know first of all the three players that were best there, but then that dynamic and where we'd play who. But now it's two games where Charleston has been down the middle and Son and, and, and Johnson either side of him, obviously Kulisevsky for a lot of the game today. But I think Lee made an important point. Um, I, th- I think it was Lee, uh, forgive me if it wasn't, where you're saying that, you know, kind of Kulisevsky went central and Richardson moved out to that right as well. And I know it was for a different manager, but that versatility is why we signed Richardson because he, he can play anywhere across that front line. And we've needed to find the perfect position for him. And that, that does seem to be down the middle, especially when you look at his threat in the air. But being able to interchange with the players around him, being able to maybe just drag himself out left a little bit to make that room for Son or even Udagi with the way, how, how advanced he plays, making that space for the players around him is going to be is going to be really important. And I think regardless of his form, for me, he's always been a player that tactically 
is is a, is a great asset to have you know he he's able to take instruction and and follow it to the letter whether he pulls off the the quality side of things is a different question but you know I spoke about that role he had in making that space for Madison in the in the earlier stages of the season um so there there is absolutely something there that is beneficial to us but if, if he can start to add goals and I'm not expecting him to be 30 goals a season but if he can kind of hit that 15 benchmark yeah. with the players that we have around him who are going to be contributing to the goals as well I think there's absolutely space in that team and it's it's a headache gone for us as well because we need a center back arguably we're, we're going to need a midfielder especially if Basuma continues on the on the path that he's going we're, we're going to need a little bit something kind of more backup in, in left back as well we don't need that headache of needing to bring in a 50 60 million pound striker too so if he can hit that form it's it's a massive massive weight off our shoulders and and we'll all be happy to see it as well because that injury that, he, that he's been playing with it for me the timing was weird to go for that surgery um mid-season when you knew he was going to have a month off but if this is the result of it, I, I'm absolutely delighted and long may it last. I don't think he Richardson got enough credit against Man City as well for that Kulusevski goal, the the free the equaliser, because he pulled two defenders away. Go and watch that back for the for the fact he's creating space for others, as you just said, and move, move, that movement. I don't know if you agree with that one, uh, TJ, as well, but he moved that that ball around. I mean, he's got four goals and three assists now and 14 appearances. And half of that, see, half of them appearances were well, not even half of them. Most of them were with an injury. You know, look at Darwin Nunes, for example. He's got four goals and five assists. So it's it's on par. He's got more. He's, he's higher. He's higher goal scorer and assist maker than Jesus. He's on par with Darwin Nunes. I'm just picking some, you know, big names, big name strikers that are in the Premier League um, at the moment. And and actually, he, he hasn't even been playing as number nine the whole season, has he? He's been playing out on the left. He's been dropped appearances. Is not full games. So I think there there is a there is. Um, my mates would be laughing at this because I doubled down and then tripled down and then quadrupled down on Richarlison. And then and then I and then I gave up. And then they was like, ah, there you go, Macca, you've given up. Now I'm coming. I shouldn't have given up. I should have like octo octagon down. Is that thing? I don't even know how to say it. But I should have just kept going until he comes well. You know, TJ, help me out here, mate. You're the wordsmith. What what is eight times doubling down? Just is that what we call it? I think I think that my wordsmithery has reached its limits trying to come up. With <laughs> Don't worry about it. A lot of people reach out when it comes to Lee. I tell you with the vocabulary. Uh, TJ, to bring you in on this, uh, Andrew's asked after the game. He's asked the question: Does Richie seem a lot happier now? He said, "Look, Richie's been good. He was good again in terms of the game. It's not an easy one to come into. We weren't going to get a lot of space in terms of the actual uh, field itself, but his impact is in the box. It was a great ball by Decky, and that's what Richie's really good at. His timing is in the air. His ability to get the ball in the back of the net in those." kind of situations was absolutely vital for us and he was then followed up and asked the question it just seems to love the moment and plays up to that he says yeah I think he's better in space physically and mentally as I said during the week it was hard for him but he soldiered on at the same time he knows that people will be assuming that if he's out there then you're going to perform at a certain level and you can't make excuses he's definitely thinking a lot better about himself physically and mentally and for a striker scoring goals is obviously important but just his general all-round play has been really good for us over the last couple of weeks. TJ, are we seeing a potential rekindle of a Spurs career where I think many were really ratting him off ahead of the January transfer window where he's now coming into a bit of form and really showing his worth to this team? Yes, uh, and isn't that lovely? I just think it's a lovely thing. Uh, and and to, 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 yeah, to Packer's point, um, 
I, as well, gave him so many opportunities just because, you know, there's definitely a player in there. Brazil's number nine scored that outrageous goal at the World Cup. The goal of the tournament, yada, 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 was, was uh, I remember him at Watford. You know, one of my uh, dear friends lives over here, lives up the road from me. Uh, Andy, big Watford fan, huge Richarlison fan. Um, and of course, he, he was been, he's been brilliant at, at Everton. So I, I was delighted to bring him in. We needed a number nine. Um and that has been such a cursed position for us uh, for so many years. That shirt, that number nine shirt comes with a, a you know, a particular hex all of its own. Um, and so I would be so pleased if he just continues on this run of form. And again, to Lee's point, you never really know what's going on, right? We, we don't know what this niggling injury was was causing um, to poor Richarlison, like how it was hampering his ability. And again, we've used every analogy in, in the book to describe these players, you know, whether they're racehorses or whether they're a Formula One cars or whatever it is. But, you know, to, to look at either one of those um, sports, I'll do the cars because I don't actually agree with horse racing. But, you know, so if, if you know, one of your pistons is off by a fraction of a millimeter, you're going to have, <laughs> you're going to have an enormous drop off um, in, 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 uh, in production and, and in efficacy. And so now that that's sorted him, if he is now, dare I say, 100% fit, and this is what he offers us, then there's there's definitely something there again to, to Matt's point. If he's a 15, 12 to fifteen goal a season, I'll hundred percent take that. Especially if you combine that with his tireless industry. Again to Matt's point, um, his work off the ball and to, to Lee's point, the fact that he not only dragged uh, two defenders out the way, he always he's one of those players that if you were playing against him, you'd always know when he's around. Always, he's a physical presence. He's He's probably one of those irritating players as well. It's always on your shoulder, you know, little tugs here and there. You just know that you can't give him an inch because he'll nick the ball off you, not necessarily score a goal, but he'll nick the ball off you and cause you problems. And so having a player like that who can play across uh, the, the, front, uh, the front three and will never stop running uh, for the team is, is an incredibly valuable asset. So I'm I'm delighted for him. And again, there's nothing more that we love more if we can allow ourselves to be called football pundits. There's nothing more that, that we love than being able to eat our words. And so again, I will enjoy that meal with, with absolute uh, vigour and aplomb. Just to finish on my chance, if, if I may be so bold, because uh, again, the, the guys made some brilliant points, but the only, the only again negative I would say about him certainly, well, in the first half performance he got he got pulled, didn't he? When um, when Basuma went off, was he didn't seem to track back as much as he was doing in the Newcastle game until he scored. Once he scored, he felt it was almost like he felt, oh, okay, I'll go go do some running around a bit more. And I, I, at one point, he was a he was in the right back position doing a defensive, you know, uh, clearance and stuff. I didn't really see that in the first in the first half, and may, maybe I'm being overcritical because there was three massive, you know, centre backs that they were playing with, and maybe they just marshalled him really well in the, in the first half. Do you know what I mean? But I just against Newcastle, it felt like the, maybe again I'm probably answering my own question because he maybe had more space in and around him to be able to get free and, and go and chase and hustle. I don't know whether you guys felt that. I, I just didn't feel like he was doing that enough. Um, to, in, in today's game. Apart from his goal, with no disrespect to him, it's really hard to judge him as a whole because of really you've got to be able to say what he brought to the table. But I mean, we all know, guys, you know, there's games where 
Harry Kane, for example, would score a goal and that would be the only real highlight he scored the goal. And I think if Richie's scoring goals, Lee, that's all we care about. Yeah, I'm not, right? I'm not, not criticising. Yeah, I, yeah. No, 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 that's yeah. a fair point. You keep yeah. scoring goals, Richie, that's good enough, mate. Totally agree. Look, what we are going to do before we do go for that final break of our show and was asked overall if he could ask anything more about the performance from the players. He said, look, I was really, really pleased with both the win and again, the place to come and do it. You know, you have to handle the fact that you're going to be challenged in terms of different ways. A lot of balls in the box, throws, free kicks, and you have to deal with all of that. And for the most part, I thought we handled it really, really well. We still played decent football. Within that, created some really good chances, some really good goals. And we showed that character and resilience that I thought we handled it really well. And I think, again, these are the kind of games that if Spurs have got aspirations of top four or beyond that, these are the games that you have to come, pick up the points. And I think everyone would have maybe thought when they saw this fixture scheduled, Forest Friday night, probably not what you want when Forest are a team that I think plays so much better on an evening kickoff at home. That's just my feeling about Forest. I think the fans really galvanise the players, get behind them. And I think you even saw in that last 10-15, we're going to come on to the sending off, that ultimately, if Forest do get a goal back, that really changes the mood. It changes it and makes it a much more trickier game for Tottenham. But ultimately, Spurs did hold out. But that's what we are going to do next. We are going to go for that final break of the show for our listeners and audio. Dayan Kolaszewski is making his way in to, to talk to us. Dayan, thanks very much. Uh, congratulations on the on the win. Congratulations on the performance. How do you feel you play tonight? Good, very good, uh, especially in the key moments of the game. That's what changes everything. So good to score and to, to make assist. We were just talking to your manager about your versatility. I mean, do you have a preferred place on the on the pitch to play, or are you happy just to to fill in where? Where you can where you can best affect the game. I like to yeah exactly like you said I like to move a lot. I want to be free. You know I don't want to be close. So all my life I played for all the positions in front. So it's fun to change and move around. Just what just picking up on what Kelly's just said. You played a lot on the right hand side, and when you're on the right hand side, you see a lot of you going down the light, then cutting back on that left foot. But what you've been brilliant at, you played in the central role, taking the ball on the back foot. You look far more sort of what would be unpredictable. Would you say you enjoy it more in there? Yeah, that's my position. You know, before I yeah. always was a 10. I was playing in the middle. Then in Parma, the first season, it, and it, they put me right winger. And that, that's what I had to do, you know, and I had to change my game after that. But I'm ready to play every position because I did it all my life. Yeah. Tijan, you've come in under a different style of manager and still, you know, produce goals and assists. How different is it this season, certainly for the attacking players, with the style of football the manager's implemented? It's amazing. It's amazing because training is so fun. And, you know, I, I really like him as a guy. If I would uh, choose my football, this is the football, you know, attack, uh, combinate a lot, very fun training sessions and, uh, you know, aim high always. So we don't play to lose, but you play to win. Where can Tottenham aim this season? Yeah, we will see, you know, we're very, very positive and we want to get better every day. We, we still lack something mentally, but I think footballly we are, we are there, we are there at the top. When you talk about growing together mentally, obviously that happens a lot in the, on the training ground as much as it happens on the, on the pitch. But you talk about the training sessions being fun. The guys know what it's like to be part of a training session, but those of us who haven't played don't. So what makes a training session fun? A lot of games, a lot of competition, a lot with the ball, you know. And then uh, to get stronger mentally is today, what we did today, you know, going out with a red card and, and don't take a goal for 25 minutes in this tough ground. That's, that we get, we're going to get bigger from this. Well, it's certainly working, and it's working particularly well for you today. You are the player of the match. There's your award. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. I, I, I gave you that. Dayan, thank you. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Crackers here with your December events update. For further information, please come and see me at Mr. Cracknell on the socials. 
Right, starting on Monday the 11th of December, the one and only Pat Jennings will be appearing at Middy's Brasserie and Lounge Bar, that's in Cockfosters, North London, an evening of towels, fine food and drink. And on Wednesday the 13th of December, at Mumbai Square near Liverpool Street Station in central London, Naeem is appearing. That comes with a two-course curry meal, some drinks, songs from the one and only James Black, the voice of Spurs as well. So a fantastic evening. Please go to closeencounter.events for tickets and further information now. Right, let me wish you all a merry, merry Christmas and a happy new year. Come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for all your incredible support for the show. A reminder, if you do need one, that we are delighted to be sponsored by NordVPN. Right now, they are offering you four extra months for free with Nord's state-of-the-back money guarantee. You can get that over at nordvpn.com forward slash LWS. Right, now, interestingly, second half, Forrest thought, thought they'd found a leveller, but Alanga was fair way offside. I don't know. I mean, let's go to you, Matt, on this. Is it credit to Tottenham for having an absolute world-class defensive line that I think we saw Villa actually deploy something very similar under Unai Emery? Because I think many were taking a point the fact that there was a real age that took a decision to come there on what seemed like a really, really basic offside decision, Matt. I, I, I think most people are going to disagree with me on this. And I, I, um, I think this is realism more than negativity, but I think we got quite lucky. Um, because if you watch if you watch the angle that they that they took the offside from, the line in the box is absolutely perfect. And even Unai Emery would look at that and he'd he'd, he'd say good evening. But if you look at Udagi, where he's over on the far side <laughs> dealing with the cross, he's actually a yard or two deeper than the defensive line that we have in the box. So I think it, it is it from what I was looking at, it actually did look quite tight between Alanga and, and Udagi in the far side. So it, it may be a little bit overcritical, but I think that defensive line in the box needs to be looking at the fact that Udagi is the yard or two deeper and, and, and get back in line with him. I, I, I think that's why Kuyate or was it Bali and, and, and Alanga, I think that's why they, they were so far behind the defensive line that was in there because they saw that kind of distance between, between them and Udagi. Um, so for me, we got a little bit lucky. But I do think throughout the course of the season, that line has improved a lot and we, we haven't looked as vulnerable on, on the transition as we did in, in some games, especially that Chelsea game, which I know is, is, is an outlier in itself and, and can't be kind of looked at in... In, in too much of a, an analytical way, but um, there, there were times when they, Forrest had free kicks and we were playing the line halfway up or our own defensive half, which was absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah. for me, again, I apologise if it seems negative, but I, I, I do think we got a little bit lucky with that one. It's interesting. Again, it, it kind of split a lot of praises. Some that say unbelievable the fact that Spurs have got that confidence to play such a high line, especially away from home when you consider Spurs have still got Mickey Van de Ven to come back into this team. And I think credit to Ben Davies, because again, you're asking somebody to come in there who is ultimately, and I know Lee's giving those eyes there, who isn't arguably the first choice, that I think we've got to say, look, Ben has come in and been absolutely phenomenal. You have to say that. He has been superb. And I think credit to Ange because, again, you know, he had very little time to decide really what he was going to do after obviously losing uh, Mickey van der Ven and Romero as a partnership. So to bring in Ben Davis and Jamie Carragher said something very interesting, of course, in the Sky commentary. And the reason why we know Ben Davis is deployed there is because obviously having that left foot, it makes it a lot easier for Tottenham to play out from the back to have a predominantly left-footed person. So Ben has really, really filled in at a crucial time. I think we all know and understand Spurs do need to sign another centre-back. 
and just said that. I think me and Matt will be imploring that when we have all these wonderful journalists join us come January, that look, we all need to, of course, have centre-back come in and improve Tottenham. It needs to be a fairly decent player. You could argue, actually, Phillips would have maybe had his opportunity had, of course, he not got injured up until now. And see, that brings us to the very nicely the second goal of the game. Uh, two mistakes from the Forest keeper, Matt Turner, former Arsenal player. Did I say that? Former Arsenal player. Uh, he first kicks the ball to Kulisewski, then he parries it to the Swedes' powerful shot into the net. Um, it all came from, I must say, TJ, Spurs' is really high press that Andrews deployed, and Spurs rightly got their rewards. Yes, absolutely right. And also, um, it's the uh, this wonderful Ange approach uh what the kids say no chill you know and just has no chill you know it doesn't matter how many players he's got on the pitch or um you know what the score is we're always going to go you know pedal to the metal and and, and go for that second goal and then again like we we're always going to need that second goal i mean even at two nil lads where we sit in there thinking oh great done and dusted i definitely wasn't you know um even at kind of 91 92 minutes i was like god come on get over the line um and so uh, yeah, it was it was a, a terrific second goal, and again, you know, Decky was just outstanding today. We, we've we've heaped um, significant praise on him justifiably, and also like just to lace that thing with you—that's his weak foot. Good lord! Like, what happens when when he he hits it like that with his with his left foot? I mean, you know, you'd need to reinforce the nets. You wouldn't want to be sitting behind the behind the goal, right? And have that dude lace the ball at you again. Yeah. Twenty three year old man child, you know, just an absolute unit. Um, was de was delighted for him, and again, you know, the Arsenal connection wasn't lost on me either. Um, and so, yeah, man, I was, I was, I was really, I was really pleased with, with the entire performance. And then again, to to Matt's point that he mentioned ages ago, there has been criticism of um, Ange not having a plan B, and it's just so silly as well. I think you know when professional football pundits go, oh well, you know this manager doesn't have a plan B. You know this man's going to have a, he's going to have a plan J. He's going to have a, a plan Q. He's been in the game for you know for decades. You know he's got plans upon plans. His plans have got plans to have plans that they execute those plans maybe about when planning and then plan. You I know, love you, CJ. I love you. Of course he does. And so he can be more um, pragmatic in, in his approach. But that DNA, and he said, I can't, I can't remember what it was. It was during that phase where we were losing every game. He said, listen, the teams that perform consistently in, in this league have a, dare I say it, plan and stick to it. And that's what he's doing. He's trying to instill a personality and an ethos and a philosophy into, into this club, which is very much in complete um, uh, uh, um, uh, symphony and harmony with the essence of this club and how it was founded. You know, we are, Tadere is to do, we are a flair football team since 1882. So to come in and just say, listen, this is how we're going to play our football is working in its first season. And bro, when we were talking about key injuries before and um, Matty was saying, you know, imagine Arsenal losing those players and Maka was saying, oh, you know, Liverpool, you know, I have to say, I'd forgotten about Van der Ven. You know, that'd be like Liverpool losing Van Dijk. That's like Arsenal losing Saliba on top of everybody else. And I think what's really important as well about Ben Davis and fair play to Ben Davis, man, is that um, Eric Dyer played alongside Romero for dozens and dozens of games and just didn't take on... Because I, I do believe that Ben Davis has been vastly improved by... Um, playing uh, um, 
by playing alongside Romero. It's been vastly improved. And again, it's just his personality. So many of the comments uh, as well, um, these wonderful, insightful comments, talking about the professionalism of Ben Davis, how he will just get on with it. If he's going to sit on the bench for three months, he'll just say, yes, boss. And you know that he's first into training and the last to leave. And he's disciplined and probably the loveliest man and will go home to his wife and family and, and you know, and then wake up the next day and, and go back in into work and get it all done again. And then when he's given his opportunity, he takes them. But he's also really learned. He's really learned. Like Matty was saying, you know, step out, don't allow them space, sprint out of position, don't let them turn. You know, Dyer couldn't do that. And so fair play to Ange and the coaches, fair play to Romero for obviously working with Davis, and then fair play to Ben Davis for taking that all on board and then executing that on the football pitch. Because my goodness, it's made a huge difference for us. We really could be in trouble, guys. We could be mid-table right now. And we're right right back up there at the top. Fair play to the lad. Oh, man. Can I just... Could, could we? PJ? Could we? I love the fact me and Matt are trying to stay fairly calm. We've got CJ yeah. on the same show. That is, that, awesome. is very, that, is, that is very dangerous. I put an absinthe, isn't it, on this show to try and put these two together. I tell you, what are we thinking? What are we honestly thinking? Uh, for me, the, the most important thing about Ben Davis is the weight that was on his shoulders tonight because I think his performances up until this point have gradually been get, getting better, but I think we're going under the radar. Then he has that incredible performance against Newcastle. It makes that crucial clearance um, against Isaac in the first six or seven minutes. And then this entire week, the talk, not only in the press, but from Ange Postacoglu, was that our priority was to get a new centre-back. It was that we need a new centre-back. And the added weight was Postacoglu talking about how fantastic Davis has been. That That's not an easy thing to go into a game like this off the back of. But he, he came out with, with an even better performance again. I think that professionalism and, and the mentality is, is huge in that as well. And on the point about Ange Postacoglu and his apparent lack of plans, aside from his plan Q, as TJ mentioned, for me, it's it's almost a, a compliment that they don't realise they're giving because they seem to be judging Ange Postacoglu as if he's been here his entire life. You know, you're looking at, at, at the top five at the moment. Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp has been there for eight years, uh, nine years even. Guardiola has been there eight years. Arteta has been there four or five years. Uh, Unai Emery has been there over a year. And they're judging Postacoglu in the same way as these managers. For me, that just shows how fantastic he's been since he's come in, that they almost feel like this is an established Postacoglu team. This is a team that he's had enough time to to to, do, to perfect the plan B, C, D, E, F. When in reality, he's just been utterly sensational in getting across that plan A. He's been so effective and so convincing in, in instilling his philosophies in the teams, in the fan base and with everyone who, who's watching Tottenham play that it's hard not to judge him as if we should be better than we are because we yeah. shouldn't be as good as we are. If, if that makes sense, it's, it's a weird kind of kind of roundabout thing, but it, it, in, in my eyes, they're accidentally complimenting him, which I'm going to take every day of the week. Yeah. I must say just a point on Dian Kulisevsky, because again, I feel like, Again, when you host this show, sometimes you're going to get the opportunity to glamorise and publicise just how good some of these players are. That's because of the wonderful guests we have on it. What do you think about Kulisevsky? Let's ask you, (laughs) Oh, thanks, mate. No, I just, you know, I just think at the moment, you know, he's owning that spotlight, isn't he? You know, again, today you look at his contribution, first credit the chances for Son, then the second assist for Richie, and now Notching, of course, suppose his second goal of the night. I think when you consider with Kulisevsky as well now, he's now scored the same amount of goals in the Premier League for Tottenham as Peter Crouch did 12, and he's played eight fewer games. And many, you know, they, I mean, many, I think, say Crouch had a massive formidable 
impact on Tottenham, given the fact he got Spurs, of course, to the Champions League for Spurs' obviously first occasion. And also, I think I must have said on Kulisevsky is that no player has covered more ground in the Premier League than Kulisevsky this season, which I don't want to go under the radar because I think when you consider all of the players out there that, you know, ultimately we regard as being, you know, players that really give everything on the pitch, Kulisevsky is one that ultimately does leave everything out on the pitch for Tottenham every time he plays. And I think, again, absolute credit to him, credit to Ange for really making him a real, I'd say, important player in that squad. Because when you consider the fact that, you know, it's a new manager, he wasn't obviously Ange's buyer. And I think when you hear the words that he's absolutely loving playing for the manager, that's just down to, again, the fact that what he has his thoughts on football and Ange's thoughts on football are very much intrinsic and similar. So look, fair, fair credit to him. This is the point of the show now where and it comes to Eve Basuma. I think the, the image on first glance does look absolutely terrible. And before I bring in Andy's comments, I think it's worth me pointing out that originally Eve was awarded a yellow card, which yellow, then following yeah. a VAR review led to a red. And it's his second dismissal of the season. It does mean he'll serve another free match ban. I mean, again, when you look at it, it looked like he was trying to block the pass, but he ended up catching Yates very, very high up on the leg, which, again, the still will always be more... How can I put this? Yeah. It'll be obviously more dramatic yeah. than the actual... Yeah, that's, that's, what I, that's, what, that's actually the point I was making, Rick. Like, going, oh, that's bad. Because, actually, when you play that in normal time, it don't yep. look bad. And, I, and I'm not sure it is a red card. It'd be very interesting to see what everyone else what everyone else thinks. There's a lot of people in the comments saying it's not a red, it is a red. Like it's 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 a 50-50, it's subjective. That's why that's why it was that a clear and obvious error in real time as a red card. I mean, I don't know, Rick. What do you think? What are you guys thinking? I think in today's game, and by the fact you've got VAR there, yeah. and you know, I'll bring Matt into this and we'll go to TJ next. I think ultimately the player. It's pretty for me. It's pretty brainless, right? I mean, on the back of the fact you've already been sent off once this season, and the fact that how poor his disciplinary record has been, and by the fact for me, I am yet to see the same player since the Luton game. I don't know what has happened, Matt, since that Luton game. But there can be no argument, Matt, that six, seven games into the season, Basuma for me was up there with Declan Rice. I would say as one of the most consistent performers in his position in the Premier League. I think we we're all saying. If what is Casado worth? If what if Declan Rice is worth? You watch yeah, Basuma those first six, seven games. He was absolutely flawless. Where Matt has that player gone? Answer me that before we come on to the tackle, Matt. In your opinion, what's happened there? I I, I wish I knew. Um, look, the, the easy answer for me is at the start of the season we have we had eleven players performing to their absolute best. We had eleven players who were playing out of their skin, who were making every dis- the correct decision on the pitch. They were obviously putting the work in behind the scenes. I'm not saying Basuma isn't doing that anymore, but when you have 11 players who are hitting their ceiling every single week, that's not going to last. And I-, I do think Basuma is underperforming at the moment. I, I don't think this is this is his level, um, but I, I think he- he's just hit a rough patch. Maybe he's carrying an injury that we don't know about. I- I'd almost hope that is the case because we, we haven't seen that form, like you mentioned, since, since the Luton game. And I-, I made the point to you guys in the green room before the show started that if Basuma was still playing at that level right now, if he was still playing to his absolute maximum, two red cards in the season still wouldn't be forgivable. But the fact that he's not performing and he's getting those two red cards and seven yellows, as Darren mentioned, I, lo- I looked That's at the stats before we yeah. came online. He only wow. got one one red card for Brighton and it was in the 2020-21 season. So it's been three years 
since he had a, wow. a red card before this season. Um, it, I, I, not it, it's, Matt? Is that what it is? Can he not? Can he actually not play the system? Is Conte? Well, I, I, I think actually been vindicated. Don't I mean, utter those words in my presence, Lee. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, the the, the, the Luton Red has nothing to do with the system. The Luton Red was just brainless. It was stupid. He 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 went for a dive. And look, I'd argue the one tonight was brainless as well. You know, I think he 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 took a bad touch. Maybe in his mind, he had visions of what happened against Manchester City, and he he thought, look, I have to do whatever I can to to recover this. And he just went in. I I would say I, I do have to disagree with you, Lee. I, I do think it was a clear and obvious error from the referee. He's gone over the ball. He's gone studs high into the knee. I think if Yates's leg is planted, that could be a very, very nasty injury. We're lucky that it yeah, wasn't yeah. from our perspective and from I his think perspective. It's a card from a flexible yeah. leg, to be fair. I, I, do think it I, I also think if there's no VAR, the referee gives a red card anyway. I think referees have gotten too secure and too safe, knowing there's going to be someone checking their work there's anyway. That's VAR And it's it's why we don't see yellow cards for diving anymore, because they don't want to make the decision on the pitch because someone upstairs or back in Stockley Park will do that for them. I think when no VAR, Basuma gets sent off from the first moment there, but I think um, there's a conversation that needs to be had because four red cards for the whole team this season. Um, the other ones, Romero and Udagi, were also just a lack of discipline. We had a lot of a lot of yellow cards today, but I think we need to look at the context of those yellow cards rather than the fact that we got yellow cards. Because off the top of my head, Sarson and Davis were yellow cards that they had to take because they were tactical. They were stopping a counter-attack. The best teams do that. Um, so I, I think it's it would be remiss of us to just look at the, the, the numbers more than the actual context. But... It, there is there is a problem there and something that needs to be needs to be discussed and maybe it's just it's just finding that middle ground because we have been in the past we've been that team that's been way too passive we've been lads it's only Tottenham you know we, we have been that team and we can't deny it and like was mentioned you know that the battle of the bridge there was kind of a, a mentality shift there and I don't think we've ever find that found that perfect space in the middle um but now because we are so much more aggressive tactically and physically we, we need to find that sweet spot and, and maybe maybe you are rightly maybe Basuma just can't find that sweet spot maybe Romero is going to be a, a player who struggles to do that as well um but I, I think the difference there is Romero is just so special and so crucial to what we're trying to do that for me he has a little bit more leeway he's I'm not going to forgive him if he keeps doing it there is a little bit more leeway there for Basuma if Bentancourt was fit right now and just imagine for some ridiculous reason, Basuma had that red card rescinded. I'd still be certain Bentancourt because he's just more reliable and obviously better as well. It's no doubt. And I want to try and play devil's advocate here. It's a red card in the rules, but some would say they all know what's happened there. The ball's got away from him after a bad touch. He's panicked. I think as Matt's alluded to, he's tried to win a bouncing ball and it's gone horribly wrong. Many maybe would argue it's not nasty. It's a panic moment of a head loss. I mean, where do you stand for you, TJ? Should he be going with that ball? or should be going for that ball? Or do you think, given the fact that when you look at the disciplinary for him, and again, forgive me, there was a comment that came through that actually broke down where we are in terms of his disciplinary stats, which I think are massively, massively concerning. He's now got, and thanks to Darren here, seven yellow cards and two reds in 16 games. For any player that you want to rely on over the course of a season, that's it's, it's, it's horrendous, right? I mean, how can we justify that, given how crucial he was in those first six, seven games, where I think we all had him potentially as a candidate for maybe being a player of the season. He was that good to start with, TJ. Number one, we can't excuse it. You know, a tremendous stat. Thank you, Darren, for sending that in. I mean, a really frightening stat. And almost one of those ones, when you read it, you go, that can't be right, can it? Um, but it is. Uh, and so it's it's not unforgivable, because I just don't think, you know, he's not asking for our approval, right? You know, we're we're football fans we, he doesn't work for us he's you know and so it's it's not he's he shouldn't be sort of begging our forgiveness but it isn't acceptable 
You know, it's unprofessional. And so what he should be doing is finding a way to skate that line. You know, especially if you are a player that now has a reputation, like Romero skated that line today. Hayes was absolutely willing to get him to snap, to get him to bite. Um, there was an opportunity, I think it was early in the first half, where Forrest got, I won't say it's a break, but, you know, they were kind of running through to our central defenders. And Romero handled him, um, not, it wasn't overly physical, but handled him in the way that he handles him, dribbled the ball out to the halfway line. Do you remember this? And Hayes sprinted up behind him, remember? Ran into his back and knocked him over. And what did Romero do? Went to ground and took his free kick. Fantastic. That's what we need those players to do. Understand that this is a mental game and a physical game. Like everything in life, there is physical uh, application and mental application. And so again, Basuma just kind of has to learn that. Brother, there's no, there is no debate about his ability. He's got the vision, he's got the physicality, he's got the speed, he's got the balance, the poise. He's a beautiful, beautiful player to watch, Balaic in, in, in many ways. But he has to understand you carry an enormous burden of responsibility in this team. If you play in the centre of the park, you're constantly going to be the focus. And so he really does have to have a word with himself. I'm glad that he's got three or four games in order to be able to reflect. And people are saying, oh, I hope Ange gives him a bollocking. Is Ange that kind of person? I don't think he needs to give Biss the hairdryer. I think he just needs to have a, a, a conversation with him, just like we're having now. Two gentlemen sit down with each other and say, listen, we both want the same thing. We both want to win football games. We're both enormously competitive. However, you're going to have to curtail that element of your game because you're too important to me. You're too important to this team and you are too important to the fan base. So please, with love and respect, iron it out and just play your game. You're good enough without the uh, the needless aggression. Yeah, you know again, it's... it's really hard on Basuma because, you know, I must say the fact that many are pointing to the fact that there might be something personal going on. That's the difficult thing on this show because, again, we don't know what's happening behind closed doors and it's not our right to really comment or to analyse what's happening behind closed doors. We can only judge the guy on what he does on a football pitch and arguably, again, without sound like a broken record, I think many would agree he's not been the same player that we have seen since the Luton game. And we don't know the reason for that. We can't factor as to why that is. Many are alluding to the fact that Spurs do have some form of a disciplinary problem. It was a full frick car for Tottenham this season. Only Liverpool can match them for that in terms of the indiscipline. And Potoglu was asked directly on the red card of Basumi. He said, look, no, I think they started down. They saw what they saw and we had to cop it. On there being a disciplinary issue, he said, well, it's an issue, but it's not so much discipline. Like I say, I haven't seen a slowed down version, but it's just a desperate lunge more than anything malicious. The guys are having to adapt to learn to play our football without crossing a line. But I love the commitment they showed. Unfortunately, we paid a price because it's not just this game. He obviously misses a big chunk of football, but it is what it is. And just to put that into context in terms of missing a chunk, we don't expect now to see Basuma back in a Spurs shirt until February at the earliest, when you consider we've got the AFCON as well, he misses three games. It means that we're not going to see Basuma for at least eight weeks. Do we have a disciplinary issue at Tottenham generally for you? Is it a disciplinary problem we've got? Have we got a problem? It's a really good question. I mean, if you think about it, we've had a doggy sent off. He's also now got banned as well. Basuma's got sent off twice. He's obviously got uh, six, seven yellows, as Dan said earlier as well. Uh, Romero has been sent off as well. So, I mean, I think it's maybe, I will put it down to 
we're learning a new way of playing, which which is a risky way of playing. And I think the sending offs have been where the ball's got away from from one of the players a little bit, and they've lunged into to try and rectify that that what would be a mistake. They're playing quite close knit, quick football where they're the triangles and the um, and the ange ball essentially is 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 bringing on the high press, and they have to move the ball quickly, and sometimes. They don't put the right pass and then they lunge back to get it back. See where I'm coming from? And so 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 I'm putting it down to that. Um, rather than a, you know, this I don't think even even Romero hasn't gone in to do people. Like I don't think Basuma went in to do the fella today. A doggy when he got sent off definitely didn't try to do Sterling. Do you know what I mean? But whether or not you try to do them or not, it's a red card, isn't it? Like in the day and age, and you can and you can't do it. So I suppose on that point, it is a discipline issue. You can't, you can't do that in the Premier League. You can't do it because you get sent off. So don't do it. Simple as that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Look, what I don't want to do is detract away as we look to close the show from some of these star-studded performances. I think Ben Davis doesn't get many plaudits on this show. I want Ben to get the plaudits because he was absolutely phenomenal during the game. And again, when you're asking players to put their body on the line, he's one. Another one we have to add. And we made the point earlier on, he's a little bit shaky as well. But Guillermo Vicario, when you consider what Spurs spent on this goalkeeper, you know, Matt there, I can see him, he's in disbelief, still at the price tag. It is absolutely wonderful when you look at that guy. You know, these are the games that ultimately keepers are going to come under the most amount of pressure. Friday night away, Nottingham Forest, vociferous crown on your back to come through these kind of venues to me are real confidence boost to come. And we're nearly midway through the season, right? So again, massive, massive credit to him. Pedro Porro, again, I think, goes along as an unsung hero. I think Pedro Porro, again, had a fairly strong game. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Spurs do ride these next couple of weeks now. Everton, it's not going to be an easy home game for Tottenham. They've got a really decent away record under Sean Dyche. But if you're asking Spurs fans where you want to be, Spurs are where they want to be in terms of in amongst that top four race coming into that Christmas period. We've got the FA Cup to come, which again will be very, very exciting for those that love the FA Cup. Me being an old man, loves, of course, the FA Cup coming into play. You guys know how I feel about that. So look, I think Spurs go into this Christmas period really buoyant, really important away win. As we said at the top of this show, now Spurs, the most away wins in the Premier League. It feels like the right place for Spurs to be. Matt, close it with you. Just how pleased have you been with Spurs? Bouncing back with two wins under range, really showing that character and grit as we enter now a really, really big Christmas period for the football club. First of all, important to say for, for me is that I, I'm not surprised that we've bounced back like this. Like even in, in I, we call it the bad form and the bad run of results, bar the Wolves game and the second half of the West Ham game, we played very good football and we, we still we still showed progress from where we were. Like I'd, I'd say the first the first half against Aston Villa, we were better than we were in most of the games that we won. So there was, there was still progress there, even though the, the results weren't coming. But it, it's so important to have that form going into, into the Christmas period. And, you know, up, up until the last week or so, we, we, we were playing one game a week. So it was always going to be a big challenge. Even if we had our full squad, it was going to be a challenge coming into this hectic period with more and more games. But the fact that we've kicked it off well with some good performances and, and with some good results is going to be really, really important. Um, and and like, like we were saying at the top of the show, Man City aren't at their best. Arsenal have dropped a couple of points in the last few weeks. Liverpool, while they're looking really, really strong now, that can change in, in a moment's notice if any injury comes in there. So the, uh, this is going to be a, a really important start, part of the season. And coming out the other side of it, we're going to really see how things are going to shape up and, and whether we're actually in uh, a title race, as, as TJ is hoping, or, or a Champions League race. Um, 
and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I, I, I look forward to, to watching Tottenham again and that's, that's just so important. You know, I came home from work tonight and I was giddy and I couldn't stop chanting. Um, it, it's, it's been a while since I was like that. You know, it used to be a chore last season, the season before to watch it. Um, so yeah, it, it's nice to be back in, uh, in, in a positive space. Oh man, Matt, always a pleasure. And to echo your words you said there, Gary Neville said, isn't it great watching Tottenham play in such fantastic football? And I think, you know, when you're having the neutrals that you're loving saying that, Jamie Carragher, Alar, that obviously, you know, they watch every team in the league and you know they've got strong affinity to their own clubs. It's something now that you've got that feeling back of Tottenham really being the team everybody wants to watch. TJ, mate, always are you having you back here because we love to watch you. I know many, I've got to say, many message me and say, can I just say, I'll do an hour and a half of TJ just watching his hands go even just before the post-match. <laughs> Wasn't it Lee who, who was saying, like, during one episode of Last Word on Spurs, I probably, like, you know, grounded, like, 17 aeroplanes or something? We got we got the weather for the 14 countries that those are watching us in. So, I mean, that's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> we take that every week. Mate, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. And just how important, Teddy, you're back with us for Everton. How important is it now, coming to that Christmas period now, to really, really start accumulating the points? And we know it's going to be a tricky period. We're going to lose Sonny. We're going to lose Basuma. We're going to lose Saar over, obviously, of course, his AFCON period. Spurs need to really, really have a strong, strong end to December into January, right? Yes, we do. And uh, I mean, listen, you know, let's... Um, the point that we were making when you showed the um, the starting eleven again, you know, if we were to... Oh, well, that team doesn't look like they're up to much. And yet we are, you know, um, uh, to Matt's point, surprisingly effective, you know, out, uh, overperforming um, to beyond anyone's expectations, really. And so when we lose the, those players, very important, but the other players, like Deki has done, like Pedro Porro has done, like Ben Davis did so wonderfully um, this evening, like Saar has done, um, and bless his heart, like Richie has done, come into this team with a point to prove, come into this team and show that you want to fight, be like Ben Davis, be like Richie, work to get better, Whilst those players are gone, step up and show that we have a point to prove. Step up and do show we believe that we're still in a title race, whether we are or not. And so, yes, it's terribly, terribly important that we end the year as we started the year with positivity and with zeal and with gusto and with swashbuckling, scintillating football. Thank goodness it's back. Thank you as ever for having me on the show. And I have to say, Matt, our first time ever being on the show together, I love listening to you, brother. Like what an insightful, intelligent, articulate young man you are. A great pleasure. Maka, always a pleasure to see you, my friend. And Lee, much love as always. Thank you. A compliment from that from TJ has gone straight in my CV. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you, TJ. Absolute pleasure meeting you. <laughs> Just play him the real, Matt. Just play him this real. You're a more cat interview. You'll be absolutely fine. Absolutely. <laughs> Lee, I think it's fair to say, mate, uh, this crazy train is right back on the realms of some form of a carriage now. Two back-to-back -back wins. Man. We're back on the rails. And i got to say, you know, Spurs entering this period now, of course, with real, real optimism and hope. I think we all now say, look, no more injuries, no more injuries, no more suspensions. I think, again, we say at the top of the show, I said, you know, Spurs won at what cost? They've lost Basuma now for another three. We hope Brendan Johnson will be okay. But, Lee, we have to find a way now. It sounds mad. To battle through to January, we can't afford to lose any more bodies, let alone players, right? We are really, really now, like I say, once again in a difficult situation player-wise. Yeah, he, he must be he must be pulling his hair out. I mean, he's just he's just been talking about, you know, the fact that we've got Pat back and we've got um Richarlison back and he's helping a team, and now we've lost Basuma and now we've lost Destiny. I mean, I, you know my love for Destiny. I absolutely love him. I didn't think he had his best game tonight, and obviously he's got books as well. 
So you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it, at the end of the day, you look at that and you just think he, he must be pulling his hair out. He's now got to go back to Emerson Wells, a left back, or, or he's going to put Ben Davis out there as a left back. Where, where where he's been playing so well as a left-sided centre-back. And he's good, you know, all of a sudden, that, that defence that we had, that we was only missing one player, is now we're going to be missing two of them again. And, you know, it's a, a, and our holding midfielder. So you can now have a scenario where we've got Hoybier playing with Ben Davis and, you know, Royale. And how did that work out for us at Wolves, as an example, right? Not great. Um so, uh, yeah, it is frustrating. I, what I would say about Ben Davis, and I've been meaning to say this, I keep forgetting it. Ben Davis is our version of James Milner. That is what he is. He is James Milner. All that is time. spot on, mate. It is Absolutely spot on. Well said. That is the one. He, 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 he the, the way to describe Ben Davis, Tottenham Hotspur, is James Milner. Like he, he, he would come in, he'd play multiple positions. He don't really ever let you down. You know, he, no one's ever going to take, with great respect, a, a, a James Milner over a Virgil van Dijk or go to sign a Virgil van Dijk. So I still want new centre-backs in January, 100%. But he's, very, he's, he's, he's doing what he's meant to be doing. And, you know, you can't, you can't argue with him on that. Um, I think tonight was massively important for, for that run. It's really annoying with Basuma because he now doesn't get to face his old club in terms of Brighton, and that would have been great. Um, and and now we're thin on numbers again. And I know you're itching to say it, Rick, because Matty Hayes is on here as well. The transfer window's opening soon. You cannot wait, son. Look at you, boys. You can't wait. It's like Christmas come early. Um, <laughs> so look, I mean, I think we will. I think we will delve into there. And actually, we uh, did we talk about this on the last show, the preview, when we said about what which positions we would we go for. I think now with the Basuma situation, you are probably looking at. I was looking at a left winger and a centre back. I'm now probably looking at a centre back and a and another midfielder. Yeah, I, I think honestly now. That's how it, rank, right? Yeah, I think again when you look at it, I think Ange has said himself. You know, he wouldn't rule out a central midfielder coming in because ultimately you look at Spurs now in terms of positions. Where again, you would have said at the start of the season, you know, centre back has always been the priority, but maybe would have, someone would have said maybe a forward. Richie's now obviously got back-to-back, -back, obviously goals, three in his last four. You know, maybe that's not the area you need to look at. Maybe it will be another midfielder. So, look, I want to say, Matty, thank you for this wonderful panel. Matt, thank you so much, my man. Love to have you back on. We've loved having Matt back on for the post-match. Matt, thank you so much. Absolute pleasure being back. Let's hope they're all as positive as this one. Absolutely, mate. Amen. And look, the wonderful TJ Romini blessing us with his presence. Can I just say, it's been wonderful getting this man on regularly to last word on Spurs. The time difference massively helping us at the moment. Let's hope it stays that way. TJ, thank you so much, my man. Thank you, Rick. Lovely to see you all. And uh, what a wonderful, wonderful panel today. Really, really a pleasurable experience. Wonderful comments as well. And just before I sign off, a couple of people on the comments saying, please um, like it, like like the show. Like if you've enjoyed the show, and we've had some wonderfully complimentary um, remarks from our watchers and listeners, please just press that like button. It probably makes an enormous difference to, to the health of, of the program that you're supporting. And listen, Ricky works tirelessly, tirelessly, oh, you know, and he's, he's a family man. And, you know, it's probably, what is it, nearly midnight back home? Yeah, so just gone past off. take a nanosecond, please, dear listeners and watchers, please do. And just press the like button, because I'm sure that Ricky would appreciate that enormously, as we all do. And we appreciate you enormously, Ricky. Lots of love to you, brother. Thank you. I'll see CJ, you again. Love back to my man. Maka, it is the crazy train. It is the rails. Back on, as we said. Back, Busy baby. Christmas coming, mate. Thank you so much, my man.
Loving it, mate. Absolutely brilliant. Can't wait to be on the next one. No more injuries. No more suspensions, please. From the wonderful Lee McQueen. From the brilliant mate Hayes. From the superb TJ Mini. We've been the last one on Spurs. And I think it's too early. We're going to wish you a very, very, Merry Christmas. We'll see you, obviously, of course, during the week. But from all of us here, guys, keep safe, keep well. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.